Welcome to the Project Esports Podcast for the last day of April. It is April 30th. It's going to be May tomorrow already, and the year is flying by. And that means we have more esports news for you. We have a new league starting up soon. We have sponsorships on sponsorships, wrap up of collegiate kind of coming up. So we got a whole kind of variety of topics for you guys today. But to kind of start it off, as always, my name is Andrew Nimsgren. I am one of your co hosts, the man from Wisconsin, the big Bucks fan. Maybe one of this year they'll win something, but now I have a 2K league to cheer for. So maybe that's a chance for Bucks redemption. Do you guys have anything to throw out there? James and Dylan, my awesome co-hosts. I guess, Dylan, we're you're in the row on Discord, so we'll go, we'll go with you. It's me, Dylan. Hi. <laughs> um, the, only, the only thing I have to check out, guys, is that I'm no longer a part of Honor Esports anymore. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling. I'm kind of surprised because your girlfriend liked both things, but uh, and I thought she would have said something to you. But yeah, no. I uh, I actually effective today. I stepped down from being the the manager. Um, I've since passed the torch to uh, Andrew Ras uh, Rasmussen. Uh, he's a great dude and he'll do really well. But unfortunately, just because of my my workload with school, I can't balance both of them unfortunately it really sucks because it's not like it's not like a decision i wanted to make it's not a decision i wanted to do but yeah no i'm i'm still going to be paying attention to the amateur scene but as far as being involved into it um i'm no longer going to be involved so yeah kind of kind of sucks dick damn but i mean at at least at least good on you for recognizing that you would neglect it a little bit and you kind of put the team first so good on you for that yeah i mean it was uh it was kind of a heads up move i had to make today uh, which kind of sucks dick, but I mean, like it is what it is. And I mean, the nice part is, is that um, it's only six months of school, four months of being on the trucks. Um, so as long as I just battle through it, I should be fine and I can go back to doing it. So, yeah. I, but it's just, you know, and I mean, I'm already five, I'm already a month in, so it's only five months from this point. So it's not, it's not the worst in the world. Right. So. Yeah. But no, yeah, again, just good that you know. And then, yeah, you got a future. I mean, Still young, esports isn't going anywhere. If Honor yeah, Esports exactly. doesn't isn't still there, I'm sure there's someone else that he had to experience how to work with. But that's kind of that's a sad way to kind of start off the show. Yeah, but. no, I know, and I was just like, shit. Do I want to say it at the end or like? But like, in the reality is, like, it won't, once we wrap up, I got to go right back to studying. So I figured I'd get it done now and say it say it at the beginning. So yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's try to get off that kind of unfortunate <laughs> topic and move into the first one for today um so we're going to be moving into kind of sponsorships and esports i mean nothing super big a couple little fun stories but it seemed like everyone and their mother was kind of forming some kind of sponsorship or partnership or something kind of like that this week in esports and we had to see it we saw a couple of them around nba 2k league um all these articles and kind of things that i'm referencing are coming from esports insider um but HyperX uh, is going to be the official headset sponsor for the 2K League. Um, North signs a uh, huge sponsorship actually with uh, Adidas, which is kind of something I really want to talk about. And then as far as I know, we are getting the first shoe deal for an esports team with K-Swiss 
signing a deal with the Mortals, and they're going to be having their own team shoe kind of coming out later this year. Um, something that I want to kind of uh, just mention from the shoe deal, I kind of said this quote pre-show, but I just want to make sure you all guys kind of catch this too if you don't read the article. But uh, Noah Winston, the CEO of Immortal, said this quote. Like any professional athlete, esports competitors look for any advantage they can use against their opponent. By wearing a uniquely designed shoe specifically created for our esports players with their input, they know that they'll have an immediate advantage, both physically and psychologically. So first off, do either one of you buy it all that this shoe is going to take Immortals to the next level? Nope. Is this going to get them in the Overwatch League next? I know. Uh, the NALCS. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like it might help their books a bit and get them back into the NALCS, but I mean, like, uh, as far as like actually making them a better team, probably not. I don't think so. I don't think that's something yeah. that happens. Unless something comes out of where they're like, hey, these shoes are actually like really good for gaming, uh, because like they're you know they they breathe super well or something. So whenever you're on stage, you don't get sweaty ass <laughs> feet. Like maybe yeah. if they said something like that, but like. Yeah, just, like, such an open-ended statement like that, and, like, it just, yeah. I mean, like, players have been, like, quoted that they don't even play with shoes on. Like, some guy, like, I think they I think they implemented a rule a little while ago that you can't play in, like, sock feet anymore. Like, at least with at least with League. I don't know about the other esports, but I know a lot of guys, like, once they get on stage, they, I mean, you can't see it, right? So they just take off their shoes, but, yeah, I um, know, yeah, maybe this, I don't know, maybe this fixes that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And I want to say it does look – the shoes actually do look pretty nice. I mean, I've done, I, I can honestly say I've never bought a pair of caseless shoes, but these would definitely get it. They have that cyan and black. They look really cool. They're really simple. So, I mean, I'm all for it, and I'm happy to kind of see that. And I guess it's more or less – are we starting to see, like, is this esports kind of fashion going to be a fad and, like, a trend going forward? And we saw the brand kind of last week we talked about Adidas is kind of getting in the game. I mean – do we see that there's going to be like a whole new kind of branch of clothing targeted towards gamers now, or is this going to be a couple of small little? I, I think this dips into like kind of the realm of like sports, uh, like sportswear kind of becoming like casual wear. And yeah. I can't like, even in the normal sports world, there's very few instances of where there's that big crossover. So obviously you got like Jordans and stuff. Yeah. And it's like very popular, but outside of like Jordans, like, there's very, like, everything else is just very short-lived. The only things I can think of are, like, uh, Chuck Taylors, but they're, like, super classic. Um, yeah. And then, like, maybe in Europe, uh, like, there's some Adidas, like, soccer brand that, like, people wear around. Um, but as far as, like, specific esports branded shoes, like, I, I can't see that, be, like, catching on that much. Because, like, regular, was- regular sports shoes don't even catch on that much unless they're super general, like basketball shoes or like indoor soccer shoes yeah or skateboarding shoes like it's the same thing yeah 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 so maybe yeah. If it was like super general and they were like a very unique design maybe but like i don't know they just seem very similar to every other shoe so i don't uh, i don't see the yeah idea. like if they if they had their own like if they had their own identity like it would be a bit of a different story because like i mean like again like jordan's chuck taylor's um stuff like that you like you see it and you know but with like that the case with shoe that's being designed it just it looks like another case with shoe i guess like and i mean i'm not i'm not much of a sneakerhead to begin with but i mean like it doesn't it doesn't really 
it doesn't nothing about it tells me that it's an esports shoe you know what i mean um other shoes like in like regards to basketball you can tell it's a basketball shoe just by the design and stuff like that and maybe they're trying to like kind of pave the way with like having this look becoming the generic esports look of a shoe right like i mean it's the same thing with like, a gym shoe too you know you see it yeah. you know you know you associate it with it but there's nothing about this that is standing out to be an esports shoe so i don't i don't I can't see it grasping on. Maybe if they all have a bit more of a line, maybe if more people sign, sign a case with, or maybe um, Adidas deal, they come up with something. And I see, I feel like Adidas might be, do do a bit better job of like identifying as like, like having something as a, like, I was like, this is an esports shoe. You know what I mean? Because they've always, like Adidas has been excellent at branding. Um, so I think they might be the ones to do it, but I, I, I feel like Adidas is like, fuck it, we'll do clothing. And then you're safe. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely think now that Adidas is in the game, I think it's only a matter of time before Under Armour and Nike sign with it. Yeah. I I'm excited to see what Nike goes with. Now, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't quite catch the story about Adidas specifically. Um, yeah. Are they like specifically releasing a line of clothing that's esports? Are they just sponsoring a team and then in turn like probably like you know. I don't know, like, they'll probably wear, like, joggers that are Adidas or, like, maybe yeah. their jerseys. Yeah, so right now, the arrangement between North and Adidas will see North's players and team continue to wear Adidas-branded clothing when they play, travel, stream, and so far and so on. But right now, they're just partnering. But from just kind of some of the quotes, it says that it looks like it's going to be kind of going farther. Again, this article is from Esports Insider. Um, that it's going to kind of be moving forward towards more clothing and stuff kind of like that. But right now they're just a sponsor and they already kind of seem to be because North is owned by FC Copenhagen, which also was partner, partnered with Adidas. So that's where a lot of that kind of comes from. So it's already kind of a mutual relationship and now it's just kind of official. Okay. So, uh, okay. That's, that's pretty cool. I mean, like yeah. it, it's a good step forward for getting a really big high end sponsor for sure. Yeah. And no. So first, yeah. So again, I think Nike and, under Armour being it, rather there, rather is there ever going to be a pair of faker shoes? Like I don't know if there's I'd ever going to be those sewer lines, like that you get so often, or Paul George or anything kind of like that. Maybe that's down the road, but right now I think it's just going to kind of be strategic, maybe putting a logo on the jersey, supplying with clothing, and just kind of making that kind of stuff. But maybe there's, I mean, I'd love to see a pair of like double lift shoes or something kind of like that. I think that'd be cool and fun, and I know people would buy it. I mean, between esports fans and sneakerheads. I yeah. Feel like they buy just buy that's yeah. That's that's kind of a cool part with like the cross culture. Like because it's exclusive, sneakerheads will want it. Doesn't matter how ridiculous it is, right? I yeah. mean, like and like I mean, it could like I mean, the, I don't know if it's sneakerhead culture is like the ones you want to attract to esports. I feel like there is there is some like there is some like uh, you know cross between the two of them. But I mean, you could draw them into the you could draw them into the scene that way. I don't I don't know. But I mean, then you're kind of getting into like, like not just sneakerheads, but like fashion as like a whole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which we're, I think we're, we're starting to see guys kind of make identities with that shit. But it's mainly just like track suits and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So. But I, I do think this is the start of that. Yeah. I mean, like right now the post show outfits and that kind of stuff that you see in some of the bigger sports, like it's a big deal, and people make headlines on it. I think that we're starting to get to that point where these brands are coming in, are going to start trying to sponsor with the players and stuff like that. May not do a shoe line. But if you get double lift wearing all Nike afterwards, like I think that'd be something that isn't too far away. Yeah, and exactly. I, think that's I, I cool agree. And it's a necessary step for it to kind of becoming more mainstream because then once Nike and Under Armour and Adidas are sponsoring these things already, people that 
don't really associate much with esports, but are a huge Nike fan or Adidas fan, may at least give it a chance to look at who this new player is that Adidas is sponsoring or Nike is sponsoring. Yeah, so I think you there's to... some chance in the, some like cross promotion kind of saying that could come out of this. Yeah, I could I could see it too. I think it's I think there's definitely potential there. Um, I think this is gonna be a bit of a, like a slow burn process to see like or a slow oh, yeah. like ignite. I don't know how the fuck to say it. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, just uh, just to add on to the list of recent deals that have happened, one that's not really surprising um, that I don't think was mentioned was that Hundred Thieves and Razor are now. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're but I mean like that's that's gaming peripherals with esport team. That is not a big surprise, right? That's like so. Game Fuel being organized with any streamer or anything kind oh, fuck, of like that. Like, it's just kind of G Fuel, <laughs> baby. G Fuel, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, G yeah, G Fuel, whatever G. it is. But uh yeah, so I guess with that, I'm gonna kinda hand it off to you. I don't have anything else around the the Spartish sponsorships or anything like that. We're seeing more and more every week, which I think is cool, and to see more brands getting involved. But it's just kind of a smorgasbord, and I want to talk more about the fashion. So I'll hand it off to you, Dylan, to kind of touch on Clinging Esports. All right, so I just want to start off with the Circle Jerk, of course. Penn State Esports <laughs> uh, just sent both of their teams uh, to the, the finals of the TESPA Hearthstone Collegiate Championship. Uh, so both of them made top eight, which is really, really sick. Um, and I'm really excited about the top eight because these are some, like, really, really, really good teams. Um, so I know CMU sent a team. Um, there was another team that was really good. So um, one of Penn State teams, 2-0, they made it straight. I think they beat, like, Boise State. Um, and then one of the teams lost to – I can't remember the team off of the top of my head, but they lost, got sent to the losers, and then came back. Wow. Nice. Um, but, yeah, so – I love the losers. About, like, I love the losers bracket with stuff like that because you get these crazy-ass comebacks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I'm, like, super hyped for it because, like – all the teams now are like really good so like in the in in this like in the top 16 there were some teams who just like kind of played like the standard like meta decks and just like kind of rolled the rng to get there um but this definitely separated the good teams from the bad um and you could actually see the people who like really prepped who studied all the deck lists and who were able to make really good tech decisions and swap out where they needed to um, but yeah, I'm super hyped for it. And all of them are actually getting sent over to California. Uh, they're getting flown out there. And I think it's in like two or three weeks or so, which for a lot of these kids is like out of nowhere. Cause like, I, I don't know if a lot of them really planned on this, but you know, they won. And then there was like, Oh, by the way, you fly Off you go. California. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. two weeks for me is finals right now. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I and up for them, but that could be. Yeah, luckily for the Penn State teams, uh, finals are this week right now that we're. Oh, at. that's good. Okay. Yeah. Holy so, crap! That's. Yeah, they they got really lucky. So now they're going to be doing that. I mean, it kind of probably messes with their like going home plans, um, because it's kind but of. But this their... is such a cool thing. Though. Yeah, but, yeah, I was yeah, gonna say right thing. Um, but yeah, so, um, I'm super hyped to see see the boys do well. Um, especially since it's two of them, it's it's crazy. Um, but yeah, so like. I was like watching the games and stuff and like I was popping into their little chat and they were getting all hyped about it. Uh, <laughs> but what I'm most excited for is one of the teams. Um, I think it is OPSU. Uh, nice play on, on words right there. Um, they have like this really interesting like control, like tempo, 
rush warrior deck that's not like super super popular or anything i know i'm just like literally just like talking past you guys because you guys don't play hearthstone um, i play i play enough like i mean like i, I like yeah, i've yeah. dabbled uh, yeah, yeah. So, so this is deck that's like pretty it, it, it's a good deck like like by no means is it not bad but it's not some of the like super top tier decks which is what's really really cool about whenever you bring decks to tournaments because you're able to see things that aren't like necessarily the same decks people use on ladder all the time because the the the, the stuff people use on ladder are typically like stuff you can just grind games out and that can get yeah. a consistently good win rate but the decks that they're bringing are decks that are good up against the other meta decks and so like sometimes there's like this really weird mind game of where people try to like out mind game each other but you still want to play good decks but like i don't know it's 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 really interesting and there's a lot of cool stuff that's going to be happening and like i said it's it's the eight best collegiate teams and these are like actually really good hearthstone players so i'm super hyped about it you know, I love seeing like the like the unorthodox like counter decks come out just to like try and like beat the meta and stuff like that. And this is where you see it because you don't see it practice on the land, like on, on 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 ladder because you can't because like you can't plan for it or anything like that. Super random all this shit. So like yeah, like this is the ideal place to bust this shit out, which is uh, I like that stuff, man. I'm a I'm a big advocate of like breaking the meta and like just in any like I mean. I, I hate the term meta slave, but like it's, it's like I, I mean meta's there for a reason, right? It's because it was it's what wins. But when guys effectively break the meta, like that's that's the shit I love, man. I love seeing that stuff. Yeah, and like a lot of these decks are stuff that people play around in Legend because once you pass rank one and you hit into Legend, it's MMR at that point. And yeah. so like I don't want to say losses don't matter, but they don't matter as much because you can't drop out of Legend. So everyone tries to race for Legend so they can get the. Um, they get the guaranteed points uh, for, yeah. uh, man, I can't, uh, the Hearthstone Cup. Yeah, they get the guaranteed yeah, yeah. points for the Hearthstone Cup because I think if you make Legend, you automatically get one. And then people kind of like mess around with different decks there. They're able to experiment a little bit. And this is where you see stuff like the the Tempo Rush Warrior decks. Um, yeah, being, Pirate Warrior? <laughs> not Pirate Warrior anymore. <laughs> Everything, like, thankfully rotated out of Pirate Warrior. Thank fuck, man. Um, but yeah, so a lot of people like experiment there and stuff, but um yeah so you're able to see some of those ex experimental things actually make make their way into like actual play um so yep i'm super hyped about that and i was worried that collegiate esports was going to run a little bit dry in the next coming weeks but we have something big to look forward to um so no matter who who kind of makes a pass i'll be sure to inform everyone on how that's looking um but i'm gonna go ahead and shift gears over to uh university of california berkeley which we just talked about them uh, yeah, because they got the NRG um, San Francisco like, Shock uh, partnership, and they actually just got a partnership with Riot, which is super cool. Because I mean, it, it's cool in the fact that they're working with Riot, but like it's less hype in the fact of like they're already a really big esports school. Um, but yeah, so they're they're working with Riot, and it doesn't explicitly say like what's going on with their partnership per se. Um, it says things like scholarships. Um, and they're going to be helping out their program. Very, very general things. Yeah, it's super yeah. vague, yeah. Yeah, so the thing that initially clicked in my mind is, oh, this is just the Big Ten scholarships extended out to another school. Um, so Big Ten was working with Riot to have their big collegiate, state, yeah. uh, collegiate tournament, yeah. and they all, all the teams got scholarships for that. And so as soon as they made this partnership, I was like, huh, I think this is probably just going to be the same deal of where inherently UC Berkeley might not say, hey, 
we're giving scholarships to League of Legends players, they might just recruit, and then the recruits that they bring in, they go, oh, as a bonus, you get scholarships. Because it, it's 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 difficult to do that that kind of thing because it's not the school offering the, the, the scholarships. It's it's a club. Yeah, it's the club, but the club is getting the scholarships from Riot. Right. Now, now, from a third party, yeah. Yeah, from a third party. So it's it, it, it's a little bit iffy on like how they can go ahead and like reach students with that. So this might not be a good recruiting tactic, except in the fact of they're able to kind of like send out the press releases and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, yeah, this this is super hype though. Yeah. They're I mean, also like... on top of that, they said that they're helping that they're launching the inaugural um intramural esports league as well. So like at Berkeley, there's now gonna be an intramural for League of Legends that's gonna be like officially through the school, which isn't huge. Like I'm sure like the esports club will on campus, the Cal Esports is probably already doing something like that. Probably now it's yeah. official. Yeah, so, so I know there is a couple schools that do this. Not a lot because, I mean, having, like, a full League of Legends team, like, multiplied by how many teams that have, like, an inner, like, school, like, like tournament thing is already kind of hard because you need a lot of people. So you do, I, yeah. I know uh, Penn State and Pitt, each of them internally have, like, a internal, like, LCS, they call it. Um, of where they just like play up against each other and stuff and it leads to like a big finals so i know those two schools do it but that's only because they're huge they're huge and they have tons of people who play league of legends there and they're able to do that now what's really great about berkeley doing it is that they're using the im system which hopefully the im system has like really good infrastructure um they probably have like a website with everything built in so like you just have to sign your team up and like all the tournament runnings and stuff is just kind of handled there because um, I know running the tournaments and stuff can be a really big pain. So yeah. if they're giving that, giving them that infrastructure, that's for sure going to help them out. And I'm sure they're going to get tons of new players for that. Yeah, just like and like like not even like bringing new players in, just guys who play that just are like, oh, this is so much easier to be a part of now. Like, let's just join in on that, right? So yeah, and I can definitely see not only people from the esports club there being a part of it now, but actually just other people. So I'm sure like yeah, there's going to be like fraternities who just have their own team that they send into the IM team. Oh yeah, like, I didn't that, think of that, that too. Is, That'd be kind of hype. Yeah, like that's the most ideal, right? Is not only esports like small teams, but you have like maybe there's like a couple frats and sororities who each send their own team, or like maybe different clubs on campus kind of partner within themselves because they're all like they're like friends they're like hey let's like get a team for this like maybe we have like a smaller club but like let's send a team there because like it'd be really cool to have a team in i know um at penn state i think it was like there's like a k-pop music and dance club or whatever on campus <laughs> they like they had a team like they made their own team and then put them into the penn state esports like internal <laughs> lcs and they like named it after their own club and stuff and that's it was, fucking dope yeah it was like really cool <laughs> and hype and hopefully the im system is able to like make that bigger there at berkeley i i, I is, hope is berkeley like a big school like like i like i don't know relatively like is it like it's eh? not like the biggest school out there it's it's a more expensive kind of i wouldn't say private but it's a higher tier very hard to get into i ivy say league kind of deal not like... ivy league but well, right below school. it it's a state school isn't it, it it's like a prestigious yeah. state school it's a prestigious okay. state so it's like as high as you can get before Ivy League, that's not private. All right, I say Ivy League, and then, like, Ivy League's, like, actually a thing. Like, in Canada, we're supposed to saying, like, Ivy League, like, who? But, like, I mean, like, then I realized, like, Ivy League's a legitimate thing. But, like, yeah. Ivy League is weird because it's basically just old colleges. 
Yeah. It, that base so basically you only see Ivy League in like the Northeast, like in the New England area. Really, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, okay. But yeah, so you see Berkeley's doing crazy stuff, and I'm guessing their school year just is coming to a close right now, and that's why they're yeah. announcing yeah. all these Yeah, so none of this starts till the next year is why they kind of said that. Yeah, but. so I, I'm assuming that the current administration was just talking with all these sponsors, and then now that the school year is ending, they're going, okay, well, this is all coming to fruition next year. Yeah, plus admissions. like People are going to want to get into that shit, right? Well, see, the weird thing is I don't know if they do admissions now. I think all the admissions for fall is usually in, like, January, February. It's done already. Yeah, so it, oh, it's already done. done. Oh, it's already done. You Fuck. find out, like, in January, February. I mean, sometimes March would be, like, the late people. But by now, you already know what schools you've gotten in. And you're probably oh. maybe haven't decided yet, but you're usually already picked and kind of committed. Yeah, like maybe mm. maybe this could like swing some people, but I think for the most part this is going to be like years down, down the road. Yeah, like yeah, like okay. next year and stuff like that. But um, now the one thing I do want to know is how closely connected their club is to the actual school. I want to know if it's like a tight partnership between the two. If the club doesn't really have that much involved, because I know specifically they they in in the article that I read on Esports Insider about this is they said there was ninety players across ten teams, and they yeah. didn't really go into spec like specificity about how many people were in the club itself. So what that initially starts ringing bells in my head about is that it's more the players are associated with their athletics department. And the yeah. club is just a little side thing that maybe is not what's generating these partnerships. And it's more the school side that is generating these partnerships for the school. And in turn, it's kind of trickling down into the club. So, yeah. I'm it gonna... does say the official esports arm of UC Berkeley. Yeah, not like the yeah. official club. It's the official esports arm, which makes me feel like there are people on staff through the university that help yeah. organize this. That's pretty which dope. Which is how it sounds. Yeah, so I definitely want to do some digging. Um, hopefully, over the next like week or two, I might be able to reach out to someone. But I, I want to do some yeah. digging and see and see how their infrastructure looks because, like, this is something that's super crazy right now. Is that no one knows how anything is run. Sometimes the school like basically controls everything, and that it's basically just part of the athletics. And then sometimes it's just a bunch of students coming together and like. It's a wild west over there, and they're like getting all these crazy partnerships and stuff like that. So it, it, at every school, it's a little bit different, and it's hard to see it because everyone does it so professionally in this space that it's hard to tell which one is school run and which one is just like student run. It's crazy. Which is, yeah. But that's great though. Like, you, you, like I mean, like yeah, it makes it hard to tell like what's going on, but it's good to see that students carry themselves that professionally, right? That they 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 can sling deals like this. You know what I mean? But I mean, if it is like the official esports arm of the school, that maybe some alumni plus staff, maybe I'm not, I'm not sure. But yeah, and I know James, you were talking about in your last interview, the one that went up on Thursday, um, yeah. that there was a collegiate League of Legends tournament, and you guys were like ranting and raving on how well it was run and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I think that was one of those instances of where it was like students were just like, hey, like let's get together, let's do this thing, and you have some like graphics people who are just like super passionate about like doing graphics and like super passionate about doing streaming and stuff like that, and it's hard to tell like how did you guys get this like crazy infrastructure? Like sometimes it's like people just like shoving money into it. And then sometimes <laughs> it's just like, you just have those like, just like star kids out there who just like, are just like whizzes at like Twitch and who just like can do like crazy overlays and stuff like that. And are on top of everything. Yeah. I know. I like, I know that, that portion that we mean, mean, uh, 
that Chris talked about was uh, in re- like that is a partnership with Riot. But again, like nobody, like I don't know and I don't recall like who started that partnership. Like I don't know if it was an esports club or was it the actual the schools themselves. Like I don't know how that like foundation kind of kind of got there, right? So I mean, it, it very well could have been just like a bunch of very very professional students who presented themselves incredibly well and snagged this deal. Like I'm not too sure. Yeah, and so like it is hard to tell because like it is it is tons of different ways. So I know when the Big Ten League was first starting, um, and Big Ten first reached out to Penn State about that, it was literally just like me uh, at the time I was a vice president and me and the president in like a conference room with like just like some director of athletics who was just like just like what so like what's going on now and like we're on like a conference call with btn and we're like okay please don't mess this up for us please just just shut up just don't say anything like we're like we'll explain later just like please roll with it and like it was just like rant like just like the most random administrators in there who like some of them were super hyped and some of them were just so confused and like it was mostly like us just being like all right no it's cool just run with this so yeah you you just have like a weird mix of like of like both of those situations and yeah so i guess this is kind of a good time to put my little thing in so this last week actually for the podcast i did go down to madison and interviewed their esports club and just kind of talking about what they did so first off they're just an esports club they have no affiliation with the college whatsoever they are the madison esports club but they are self-ran everything like that so they the executive board the four people there get to decide who gets the scholarships for the League of Legends team. So just a bunch of random college students, more or less, they go through the tryouts, so they decide who's on the team, and then whoever's on the team gets the scholarships. Damn. So that'd be like me deciding who gets thousands of dollars. It's so crazy. They think that like that's student dictated, you know what I mean? Like, holy shit. But I mean so, I guess like I like yeah. how do you like how else would you govern that though, right? Like yeah, they, they don't even know. That's what I was kind of saying. Like they are restructuring every single year. They're going through a restructuring platform right now. And like, they're very professional and the interviews will come out either this week or next week, depending on how fast I edit. And you guys can check out more on that. I kind of go into more about them and more about kind of Kluge esports as a whole, but they don't even know how to do it. They're growing. Esports is getting bigger. They have sponsorships kind of reaching out. They're finally having someone come on as like a full-time sponsorship, um, like executive board member and stuff like that. Like, they're saying that they're kind of growing and things are happening to them faster than they can. And they actually want the NCA and bigger organizations to kind of step in because they're getting to points where they don't really know how to do it. Is that it's a bunch of people that are full-time students and working and stuff kind of like that, that are just doing this out of passion and very similar to you. I mean, running the esports club in Madison is very similar to running honor esports and they're doing it same to you. And they just don't have the time yeah. in that they're looking for more organization and it's not there because no one's quite ready to step into it. It's, it's crazy to even, it's crazy to me to hear is that they want the NCAA to step in. I was like, surprised by that too. I was asking all of them in interviews. I'm like, so how, what do you feel about like more organization coming in? They're like, oh, we think that'd be great. I mean, we think that'd help esports grow and stuff like that. That caught me off guard. Yeah. Because I, I mean. A couple of the minority, that was a couple of like the game managers for like Rocket League, Dota, um, League of Legends, and then two of the executive board members. But all, four out of five of them were on board the NCA or bigger organizations stepping in and formalizing. I'm just, yeah, like, I mean, it's just like the, the, the nightmares you hear about the NCAA. Like, you think that you're like, like, you don't you don't want that kind of thing. You know what I mean? To get its hands on esports. I, we've talked about this a number of times. I think we've almost beaten this like a dead horse. But like, 
to hear, I guess, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because there's no, there's nothing set up previously and everybody's just kind of pioneering it as they go. They're just kind of stepping, stepping up and be like, fuck it, this, you guys got to help us. Like, so I'm not like, oh, shit, I, I'm going to want to listen to the interview because, yeah, that yeah, sounds crazy. So tune in more to watch a hopefully decently edited video either this Thursday or next week. I'll put it out on Twitter, which one we're doing with uh, for the content. Um, but, yeah, I think it was a good one. I interviewed with a couple of different guys. They're all super chill. It was really kind of weird to kind of see the wide spectrum and what their experiences were. So I think it turns out good, and I hope, yeah, you guys interviewed it as, uh, enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed interviewing them. But. Yeah, so that's I'm, su- kind of I'm super hyped to watch that. And, like, it's really interesting that you you were you were talking about that's how their sentiment was. And I actually have been, like, noticing different things with different clubs. Clubs that want to field teams who are more like they want to be just an esports team are, is okay with some of those, like, NCAA things coming yeah. in because they essentially just want to become an athletics department-like arm. Like, that's what yeah. they want. They want to field teams and they want to play their games. And the yeah. people who don't want the NCAA to step in are the people who want their clubs to look like Team Liquid, of where yeah. they yeah. Feel, they feel different teams, but they're also a giant community, and they have a lot of different stuff going on, and they're really big about just like running events and all that. Like maybe Team Liquid was maybe like a bad example, but like they want to be a really big organization that does a lot of different things rather than just an athletics team. So and like, everyone I talked to seemed really interested in playing. All the executive members were on the teams and stuff kind of like that. And they all really seemed interested in playing. They all came from playing a lot of a, the Heroes of the Dorm tournament. They've done really well in a bunch of years. So a lot of the people I interviewed played on that and stuff like that. They all seemed to talk a lot, a lot more about that than as esports or collegiate esports. They wanted to talk about the I definitely see that. That might be why you and people like that that wants to see collegiate esports grow and the organization grow more than the teams is why you think that the NCAA stepping in might be bad while well, these guys, they have really good teams and that's all they want to focus on. So I think that's actually a really good point and I totally agree. Yeah, but, yeah, definitely. I I don't I, I have no, like I mean I get yeah it's like that Dylan brings up like a, a wicked point for sure like that's that's I never that kind of that kind of blows my mind I didn't that didn't really really cross my mind initially. Um, but yeah, so at least that was all the uh, collegiate sports I had, and uh, I'm super excited to see that video come out. Yeah, I'll come out eventually. I promise. <laughs> soon, TM. well, it, it'll yeah yeah soon, TM. yeah exactly. So this is this is this is my t- time when I get to uh, I get to start the circle jerk. I, I'm oh, uh, boy. yeah. <laughs> so my my personal favorite League of Legends event is coming up this starting this Thursday, um, the mid season Invitational. Um, the reason why I like it so much and I like it a bit more than worlds is that it's a, it's like, it breaks up the year. Like, you know, it creates international hype throughout the year that you don't like, you don't have to wait for this giant buildup of worlds and shit like that. And, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what the difference between worlds and MSI is as far as production and as far as like investment, but it seems almost like every time MSI rolls around the the storytelling and the history behind it. and this is more like it's not so much that msi is happening it's what Epi- msi represents is like really why i want to touch on it msi like they do a very good job of creating like a history and a story of this event that's happened for the last couple of years and um i was especially imp- impressed with this year because they they basically they through for the promotional video they did this like grandiose mosaic or uh like um uh not mosaic what like, I don't know, like, 
giant ass big picture painted rectangular i don't know i like <laughs> um there's a there's a specific word for it that i can't remember for the save my life um but yeah like they it basically they introduced like this interactive website that you can go through it and it illustrates like all these crazy ass events that happened like the debut of vietnam being like this crazy dominant region um na making a crazy ass run against skt and stuff like that in the in the amount of investment they put into like this storytelling and the like the history of the game is pretty is pretty mind-blowing and it, it, it like i don't and i don't think i see this in other esports where some like a, like somebody gives so much of a shit about what's happened previously and like when teams get dethroned and stuff like that and really try and illustrate it for people who are interested vice just kind of like talking about it you know what i mean so for me to see them presented this in such a way uh it really it, like it really excites me because it means that people in the industry really want to they're like there's uh there's a lot of creativity into it vice just it's device just it being so business driven um as well too, it gives it gives a chance to showcase uh, like lesser regions too. Like again, like I, I mentioned previously, uh, Vietnam got its big big notice because of because of MSI um, guys like uh, Levi, who is now a notorious jungler, um, basically got his start here, and people were like, "Holy fuck, this guy's insane!" Um, so you get to see like a lot of the a lot of these like, showcases that you wouldn't regularly get. Um, unless you like pay attention to the region or something like that, which in some cases isn't even really that much of an option because you're watching a broadcast that isn't even English, um, which kind of sucks. But, you know, like this was the big thing. It, uh, I wanted to touch on the marketing more than anything because that that's the thing that draws me. And when I see stuff like the international and stuff like that, I mean, not to, not to shit on the international because I think it's a greatly run um, organization or uh, like tournament and stuff like that, but you don't see the investment of what has happened. It's only what's going to happen. So I I, I think I think you know esports historians like um, like Thorn, who I know triggers Dylan to no end. <laughs> um, <laughs> like like I, like this is the shit you want. Like I like I I hate to put myself in the same classification because I have mixed feelings about Thorn as well. But like I I very much appreciate what has happened. And I wish more esports would do that. You know what I mean? I think I think CS:GO because there is such a history there, they do draw in a, a fair bit as well. But that's really about it. I mean, maybe it's because of how long League has been around for, which I mean, relatively to like StarCraft and shit like that, it it, it hasn't been around that long. But now come to the now that as I'm I'm saying it, and I hate to, and I hate to ramble, um, it's maybe it's because league is one of the only ones that has really constantly done this. Whereas like, I mean, Starcraft, Starcraft would be a prime example for something that you have a lot of history to build off of. I know sad, sad panda. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, because the esport kind of died off, you can't do this. You can't do this crazy ass storytelling about like these different teams and these players and like the, like these champion debuts and stuff like that. Um, I, I guess, I, I don't know with like with Starcraft, it would be strategies and stuff, but like with other stuff, like you can't like, I feel like it's there with Hearthstone. It's there with fucking Heroes of the Storm. It's already there because I mean, the, their their pro scene is developing. Like Overwatch League, I hope they do that. I know this is their debut year and stuff like that, but they very much they have the momentum and they have the drive to be able to do something like this and start doing this kind of storytelling thing. So I don't know. Maybe it's League's aesthetic. Maybe it's the guys behind it. I'm not too sure. But that's the big thing I appreciate about MSI because they are the very big advocates of doing this shit. They love this stuff. I. Uh, two years ago, they, uh, um, it was I think it was the year after the first the first debut, um, 
they did this crazy ass promotional video that like illustrated each region as like as like an animal and stuff like that and did like this really nice like like i don't know like visualization of like what's happened and stuff like that and this they just now they just put it in like in, in, in like an imagery like a like a you know like a piece of art so i don't know it's i i would like to see it with other organized like other events other leagues other games um so yeah no that's kind of my big my big tangent about msi um that being said, though, go OC. I hope Direwolves actually make it past. <laughs> I, <laughs> but yeah, no. I don't. I, I apologize. I didn't really give you guys much chance to give any feedback because I just didn't stop fucking talking. But yeah, no. no I, I guess yeah. And it's hard to comment on because yeah, you you kind of made a good point and a good question, and you came back and answered. And I do really kind of agree with you. And yeah, and I guess any four leagues that I do kind of see having that opportunity to kind of do that. You're right. I mean, the Overwatch League, I'd love to see. I mean, the 2K um, League is going to be another great one. It's just going to be like the traditional basketball when yeah. teams make those big come comebacks and these underdogs win and things such as that. I mean, in every eSport, there are different opportunities for these great stories to be told. Like, I'd love to see Shanghai come back stage four and go on and make the playoffs and win the playoffs. I'm like that. And have that crazy story be told from years from now and stuff kind of like that and go back and like how – that helped build to where they are now. And I love kind of talking about that, but is it needed? I don't necessarily know. I mean, if they never did, if they never mentioned that Shanghai didn't win a single game this year, would the league be better off or worse off? I mean, if they don't show that great game winning shot from the 2k league that kicks off tomorrow, like does that going to have an impact on how it goes? I think nothing's as big of scale as league of legends which makes it – I'm not nothing. But a lot of the leagues aren't as big yeah. a scale. That, I mean, there's, what, 11 regions, 12 regions? Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of 12 regions. or 13, so 12 or 13, yeah. So there are so many different stories, like Vietnam coming out and stuff like that, and there's just not many leagues that are that grand a scale that they have those big stories to tell on a constant basis. So I love that League of Legends does it, but I don't think any other league is hurting by not telling it. That's and that's that's a good point. Like I mean, like like I guess I guess the best there is. Uh, oh my god, fourteen fourteen regions. Um, so yeah, like that's just it. Like it's like is it necessary? Is it like? Um, but I don't know. I feel like if you don't have this, it, I it's it, I think it's just like a little bit of a hindrance. You know what I mean? Like this is something that keeps stuff like this growing. You know what I mean? Yeah. By creating these stories and stuff like that. So I think that's really it's really necessary that you need to do this in other, in other esports to, you know, because you want, you want people to have these very like, and like, you don't want these people to create their own memories and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that's great and stuff like that. But if you're giving it, if you're presenting it in like a memorable light to the viewership, that makes them come back. You know what I mean? That makes people like get attached to them and hooked to them. And if you constantly illustrate and stuff like that, like for fuck's sakes, they, they do it in their music videos. Like that's, that's how invested they are into the storytelling yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, uh, ignites video that they did with, um, Oh my God. What is his name? Jesus Christ. I can't remember off the top of my head. I've listened to it. Like, I don't know how many times, but like that whole thing was about memorable plays and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's a I think it's a huge aspect of marketing that people are missing out on in other esports. Um, I think I think I hope somebody catches on because I do want to see I do want to see it kind of spread across the board, right? So, yeah, I think it's important because like I don't know, like having these like storylines and stuff is what makes it go be like go to that next level. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's what really takes it from, you know, just dropping in on, like, watching random, you know, video games into just this big, grandiose, epic thing. Like, I don't know, like, the storylines and, the and like, the players behind it and all that just builds up and adds on to it into, like, this huge entertainment value. And I mean, like, there's reasons why people are, like, companies are hiring people into their production team to help, like, build and frame these storylines. Now, I mean, they're not, like, fabricating it. But they're just, you know, they're keeping their eyes out for this and they're making sure that they take the the pieces that are there and like kind of putting these puzzle pieces together so that we as an audience can see them unfold as they're happening. Like the, the, there's a reason why this is a, a such a big thing in sports, in, in sports in general, I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I think this is a crossover that we've seen like be so successful in traditional sports that. I think league's the only one that's really starting to do it now. And like, and I mean, they were doing this before they had a heavily influenced um, traditional sports background with all the ba- the basketball teams, like getting involved and stuff like that. But I'm hoping because so many of them are backing like overwatch league and stuff like that as well, um, that we start seeing this kind of happen in other ways because traditional sports are so good at it already. Um, I feel like even like, even like even casters are, are good at it doing it on the fly and shit like that right so when you don't even like when you have like a production team that's looking to, looking for this shit um i think i think there's a lot of potential so i'm hoping I'm, I'm really hoping that we start seeing this crossing over to other stuff i mean if you think about it i mean what 30 for 30s are in like free sbn are nothing but just great stories that are kind of coming back from way back and yeah i guess there is a space for the 30 for 30s for sports and stuff kind of like that too so i'm coming more around that Again, I don't think it's the end of the world if a league doesn't do it, but I do agree that if a league does do it or if a game focuses on it, that it will help. I will give yeah. you that. I don't think that is deterring anyone, but I think it will help them grow from where they are. If they yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's a deterrent by any means. Um, I think it, it just adds the next level. And, I, and, I, yeah. and at the same time, too, like historians of like sports and stuff like that, they're not – they're not like you i don't think they're i think they're a niche market within the the viewership you know what i mean like yeah. guys like guys like me who go back and watch old clips and shit like that of like i mean unless you were a fan of that game during those old clips like dylan was with starcraft um like i mean <laughs> like i mean when he like you know what i mean when he actually watched it but like i mean shit from like season three and season two like i never actually got to experience so i never got to watch it but i do go back and, and rewatch it because like these are very memorable moments that people talk about and stuff so yeah i don't think it's a turn but it's definitely it's definitely putting league a step above other esports i think yeah well, kind of any other last points you want to touch on, or do you want to move on to another esports to continue talking about that? I think I, I think I kind of I think I kind of beat the horse till it was dead. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess so. Tomorrow is kind of a historic day in the way that it is going to be the kickoff of a brand new esports, um, kind of officially. So the 2K League kicks off tomorrow with their what are they, what are they calling their official. The tip-off tournament. The tip-off, yeah. Yeah, so it starts tomorrow, and pool play goes to the 4th, and then playoffs are going to be on May 5th. So all 17 teams are participating. It's a $100,000 prize pool, and it is, like I said, this the start of kind of a new league, which I think is always kind of exciting. And I don't know. there. I don't feel like I've seen a ton about this. I mean, I follow the teams. Um they do some advertising, but I'm still really, really excited about this just to kind of see how it does. 
I mean, the last new kind of sport like this that came up was Overwatch. And we saw, sure, the number was great. It's kind of dropped down. But the, just the production value behind it and how seriously they took it, I'm really kind of serious to kind of see. I'm interested to see how serious they're going to take it over at, like, NBA as a whole, and how the Twitch stream looks and how they present it and how kind of flushed out this is or if there's something they kind of threw together last minute. I mean, obviously, I'd love to see the Bucks kind of make it a little bit of the distance and uh, win a couple of games here. But uh, Mavs got first-round pick overall, dude. We're, we're, we're taking it. It's all Mavs, buddy. No, yeah. We'll see. I'm not going to talk bad about the Mavs, but um, it'll be exciting. So, yeah, a couple of days of pool play, and then they kind of go on to the playoffs. The first place is getting $30,000. Second is 25000 And third place is 10000 I mean, I second, mean, like first and second doesn't sound that bad. You know what I mean? Like, like a five grand difference. Like, it's, yeah. So I mean, like you're still you're still winning. I think. And every team that makes the playoffs, fourth takes ten, and then every other playoff team takes home five thousand dollars. But to me, I mean, the one thing I really want to kind of touch on is a hundred thousand dollars. Kind of doesn't sound too much. I know it's just kind of opening weekend, but I just feel like with seventeen NBA teams kind of evolved in there that some of the prize money might be a little higher. Because if you think about it, I mean, $100,000 to any of these teams, like in terms of a player contract, next to nothing. It, it, so it is. And, and, like, I think the big thing we need to remember is these players have, like, full benefits. They're, they're, they're you know, they're being yeah. played player salaries, stuff like that. So I don't, like, and I think this is a safe move by the 2K League because the 2K League does flop who gives a fuck? Like, like they're not investing a shit ton of money. Right. So I think this is a really safe mood. You're protecting the players because you're giving them a a shit ton of stuff off the bat, because we know from like, historically, this is the big thing we worried about is like what happens with the players and stuff like that. Prize pool money is kind of, kind of, you know, negotiable, but a lot of these guys put their lives on hold for shit like this. Right. So you want to make sure they're protected and then the prize pool money can come after, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm just saying that, I guess it depends how many tournaments are. This is just a kickoff tournament. But the winner of every single stage in the Overwatch gets $100,000. So just, I just I think feel like, I mean, like, I think, what, what makes a difference? Well, I think the difference is that Overwatch is, first of all, it's just a tried and tested game that people have an interest in esports with. Um, there was a lot of hype going into the this and there's a lot of skepticism going into the 2k league i think especially it being a sports esports game it's something completely new like obviously we've seen really small things and we've seen fifa do a little bit but we haven't seen a sports esports game really take off in the esports scene like we've seen shooters we've seen mobas and rts's take off we haven't seen like anything like this before on a grand stage especially in the united states yeah or North yeah i mean F- yeah, yeah yeah like fifa's big over over in europe because soccer like you know football is big over in europe you know what i mean so it makes sense in north america you're competing with a lot you know what i mean like you're competing with a lot of other genres and a lot of other games so and like i mean they either like I'm pretty sure it was already quoted that they, they recognize how big their audience is and they know it's not a huge, huge audience. Um, like, I think, I think they act like the viewer viewership interest was something like a hundred K people, you know what I mean? And they're, and they, 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 I think when they first started introducing it and doing like the draft and shit like that, it was like 30,000 people. So they were happy with that. Right. So, I mean, like, yeah. we got to remember like, 
what was what was Overwatch's like debut numbers? It was something ridiculous, right? Like three hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, exactly. It, it was at least three hundred. Yeah, so I mean, this like, if anything, I think for how how big this is only supposed to be relatively to Overwatch, I think Overwatch is kind of shortchanging their players, where the two K League is doing their players pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. I agree. Like they're they're totally setting their expectations to where they think it's going to be at. Overwatch League just went. We are going to be the biggest thing ever. Let's shoot for the moon and just like see where we land. But the 2K League is like, you know what? This thing might fail, so let's scale it back. Let's make sure that we're hitting the correct expectations because, you know, you can sustain yourself off 100K viewers. That's not like a big deal. It's just as long as you're like spending your money in the correct areas and you're not overstepping your bounds, it it is okay not to hit like above 100K. Like it's totally okay because they still have the potential to build up from there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think that, and I think they're doing it right too. Like, I do follow like some of the Twitter, the uh, the teams on Twitter too, and they're doing a good job of like making like making their like arena graphics like really good too. Like, like, like for the home teams and the away teams and stuff like that. So I think I think they're playing it smart and they're be, being very player centric, which I think is the big thing. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of clarity and stuff like that. Like, like, and they. You know, they had like a, they had a draft where they brought players to. We never saw that with the Overwatch League. We didn't see any of that. We're still seeing player issues with the Overwatch League. You know what I mean? These like this is the nice part about having something that's backed by traditional sports. So it like so closely is because you have the PR guys laid out. You have all this infrastructure already implemented that we're not going to see shit that we've been talking about for the last like two months. You know what I mean? So I think this. I think I think MB, uh, I think the two K League is doing everything right. Um, objectively, I, I still need to see how it takes off. I need yeah. to still need to see how it does. But you I'm, need to see I'm how the broadcast looks. I mean, everything so far has been done right. Yeah. But I mean, until you kind of get out there and see if it's an NA production or if it's just a really good organization, <laughs> is what going through these. <laughs> I guess my biggest thing is just that if you have to ask me, I'm the biggest Overwatch guy here. The NBA 2K League has more potential than the Overwatch League. That is something I'm willing to stand by because, yes, the 2K League hasn't been proven, established, anything kind of like that, but it is during the off-season of the NBA season. So it's happening yeah. after playoffs is going. So the playoffs are kind of going on right now. Majority of the season goes on afterwards. So if you get even 1% of the entire NBA crowd, you are blowing Overwatch out of the water. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is so much more potential there are every single team in this is already established with very well um pr teams marketing teams all that kind of stuff they bring up people to manage that but they have an entire organization backing them up and there's 17 teams versus 12 and i feel like yes you don't want to just throw money at it and throw money at it but the money behind those 17 teams versus the money behind those 12 teams in overwatch league is so much bigger for the nba 2k league but the price, the total prize pool is less than a third of the Overwatch. And yeah, again, don't throw money to throw at it. But I feel like the bigger the stakes, the more money put in the, the league, the better it's going to be and the more percentage of those NBA fans you can grab. So I think that, yes, you don't want to just go and put up $10 million for the total prize pool, but at least matching the Overwatch League, which would be one average player's salary for one team in the NBA wouldn't be that much to kind of do. So, yeah, I like the idea of temporary expectations and stuff like that. 
I just feel like the NBA league has so much more room for growth because this is a game based on a real life sport that millions and millions and millions of people watch, love, and follow. Religion. And that we don't. Even- we don't know if that's going to be its kryptonite, though. That's the problem. Like, we don't know if that's going to backfire because who wants to watch, you know, a, a like, why why not watch highlights when you're, you know, or why watch the 2K League when you could watch highlights of, like, the past season and stuff like that? You know what I mean? There's so about I, to be three different professional football leagues in the United States because people want more football and they want it year-round. And I believe that the same thing can go for the NBA and basketball. You're not talking about like the Vince McMahon thing, are you? Yeah, the Vince McMahon, the American football organization, the AFA or something like that. And so there's three different football leagues. Um, Yeah. NFL, Vince McMahon's um, XXFL or whatever. XFL, yeah. Yeah. And then the AFA or whatever that's going to be Yeah, but those other leagues, how how popular are they actually? Like how many concurrent viewers are they actually getting? We don't know yet because they're just about to start. I mean, the XFL hasn't been around for a couple of years. What I'm saying is that – a lot there's a lot of monies and investors and people that kind of someone know what they're doing behind these teams and they wouldn't be doing it that if they didn't feel like there was interest in people wanting more football i mean i'm listening to fantasy football podcasts and the season doesn't start for four years i want more football right now the day the super bowl ended i wanted more football and if there was a madden league on twitch i would watch it for the green bay Packers. and i feel like that i am just an average i'm above average football fan and that if you get even a slight portion of me and then the hardcore fans that follow their team to death you are blowing most leagues out of the water we we need to look at the the age like deficit though that's the thing too traditional sports have a massive age deficit in comparison to esports right you're like the concurrent viewership for traditional sports is astronomically increased because it's not just us. It's not just our age group that's watching it. It is my fucking old man's age group and his parents' age group. My grandmother watches ba- baseball religiously, right? Yeah, and I'm but sure there's that... no learning curve. Like with League of Legends, Legend, Legends, and things such as that, there's such an age difference because you have to play the game to understand it. Everyone understands the NBA. Everyone understands how 2K works, and there there isn't that learning dip curve that you have to figure out before you can thoroughly enjoy it. They're running up and down the court. They're shooting it. And if you have more points on the team, you win. There's nothing hard to understand about that for any traditional fan. So if they were to show the NBA 2K League on ESPN, someone would turn out of that game that watches traditionally, and I feel like would watch it because it's just like watching more basketball. I disagree because I feel like a lot of the older generation is going to look at that and they're going to be like, oh, this is a video game. Like they're, they're not going to understand like that there is skill behind it. They're going to think like, you know, this is, oh, it's like a simulation of a game. Like, I, I think you you highly overestimate how much they understand video games. And I'm not like bashing on like, like older generations or anything, but I'm just saying like, there's such a big disconnect of where like, it, it doesn't click for them, even though, yes, this is basketball. Yes, the rules are still completely the same. Like you would think, oh, this is like a video game version of it. This isn't this isn't like equivalent or like this is this is something that like doesn't equate to actual skill. Like I still think there's that giant gap there of where like it's not gonna connect. Like even though it's the same exact thing, it's just not gonna connect. I think I think the gap is significantly like I think it's getting smaller because I mean older generations are getting into video games and stuff like that. Like I think it is happening, but I still think it's not enough 
to for for the the 2K league to feel safe about wanting to put more money into it, you know what I mean? I don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's enough for them to be like, okay, we can invest more into this because like again, one we have no fucking clue how this is gonna go. Nobody does. They don't know. They have a general idea, but that's about it. But as far as like congruent viewership or like or concurrent, there we go. Um, like I think it's gonna like, it's very very hard to project that because I mean like even still even guys like or like an older generation like the generation above me and dylan because i guess andrew you're technically like below um, a, little I think, below you guys yeah. yeah exactly right like even the generation above us still gets it and stuff like that but how many of them are really like they're they're savvy with twitch and stuff like that you know what i mean like if it's not on tv the generation above me and dylan plus the one above that aren't really going to know where to look you know what i mean so the vice where like the here and below we all know fucking Twitch is like where you watch pretty much everything. Like it's, it's like, especially like when it comes to the video game realm. So unless it, it makes it onto a broadcasting system, which it might, because it is the 2k league and it like, it might, you know, have some sort of network backing. Um, then we might see then, then, then there might be that shift where an older generation is being like, Oh, okay. I get more, I get more basketball. It's just a video game, but who gives a fuck because it's off season. Right. Um, but I think until that media, like until they figure out where, that medium is i think we're still going like i still think it's too risky to to put more money into it see I, i'm disagreeing that if the organization if the espn if the big news sources which are going to cover this because they already have do a good job of directing it i don't feel like it'll be hard because people are already for march madness i know there's millions of people that use the online uh cnn or i uh, like cbs or whatever a platform for watching that and that there are millions and millions of people who have used that and that's not something that the older generation is used to and i think you're overestimating how old it is i mean you think madden started coming out in what 1997 on two uh, the nba games i mean the early 2000s i mean the generation above you grew up playing madden grew up playing nba grew up playing college football and grew up playing these video games so them it's not just a video game like oh my god i remember playing this i remember how much i used to suck and seeing people play at a competitive level, I think they're going to be able to understand that. Maybe getting to the right platform would be hard, but if these news outlets do a good job, like they do do with everything else that's online, I think that audience above you, I don't think anyone 40 plus is going to, but I believe that 39 and younger can understand somewhat of the skill level that goes into playing video games and enjoy it. This, this is putting a lot of faith into traditional news networks though, because if the personality doesn't know how to properly relay that and properly relay the medium, you know what I mean? Um, I think we might see an issue there. Like, I mean, a lot of, a lot of personalities on like ESPN and shit like that, like they're an older generation. They are past that 40 plus generation. So for them to sell it and make it sound interesting, if they don't believe in it and if they, or they don't make it seem like they believe in it and stuff like that, then we have a problem. If they do and they do a good job of relaying it, yeah, you're probably right. If they do direct them to the proper outlets and stuff like that, we might be okay. But unless they do that properly, I don't think it's going to it's going to convey as much of an audience. I do agree that I like you know older generations like above me did grow up playing video games. Uh, Chasey, who messed, who said something in the chat earlier, is a generation older than me. Um, but and he did grow up playing video games. But I don't know how much how much how many people that's going to cover so uh, like i mean even so i even think the three of us sitting here talking about it is a bit of a stretch because like 
do we know that younger generations are going to want to watch fucking 2K League? That's the other thing too, right? I mean, like, we need to make sure that the audience is grabbed on the back end too. Like, we've been kind of considering that the audience is younger than us are just going to be into it. But, like, I hate to say it, but traditional sports isn't for everybody. And, our, and like, like society and culture right now is being far more accepting to people who don't want to be involved in traditional sports. Right. So if you never even have that initial interest in it period, because you got fucking bullied in high school or you got bullied in junior high because you sucked at basketball, why the fuck would you want to watch the two K league? Right. So it's yeah. another thing too. Right. It's, I know it's interesting. I'm actually on the side screen. I'm listening to uh, something from ESPN. It's gone. Um, I think it's on the jump. And I think that on the jump, on Around the Horn, on all those kind of news platforms tomorrow, that they are going to be talking about the 2K League. And I think how they talk about it tomorrow is going to be a big influence on how big it does. Because if they don't take it serious, like they are doing a very good job right now. They're talking to Dimes right now. Who is your Mavericks yeah. player? They're talking about it and talking about how much money you want and that they're all blown away by how serious this is and actually asking serious questions and trying to understand more and seeing what is behind it. And if everyone does it that way, like, wow, this is a real thing, not putting it down, I think the NBA will be able to grab some of those. The 2K League will be able to grab some of those fans. On the older generation, the younger generation, I have no idea. That's such a good point that I have no idea how they're going to react to any of it. I'm too out of the loop. I can talk older, but I can't talk. Younger. And it's really hard for the three of us to speak for generations younger than us. I have, for fuck's sakes, I have a hard time talking to some of the players I manage because yeah. the generational gap, you know what I mean? I had a hard time interpreting what, like some of the shit they were saying. That's not to bash any of them. Like, I love them all to death, but holy shit. Like, I don't like I don't I don't know if the interest is there right so and I and I'm I'm glad they're talking to players like Dimes I'm glad they're talking to like players that are in the top ten because that's something that is universal recognizing rank recognizing that like you don't need to understand the game and understand that that Dimes was the first draft pick overall he's yeah, the guy you want to LeBron of NBA 2K perfect perfect and if you make and those that's easy to understand. Yeah, and that's just it too. It's the same thing with another guys that the Mavs picked up, Giannis, um, JBL. Uh, they call him the, they call him the Dirk Nowitzki of the 2K League. If you if you put tangible players associating with with those guys, that's a good thing because that is cross marketing that you can recognize, right? So I'm hoping for the and that and that's something that applies to the older generation, not so much the younger, right? So I'm, as long as they do that properly, I think that's really really good. Well, we are already over the hour mark. This went a lot longer talking about the 2K League than anything. What do you have to say before I have, wrap I have up? one more thing if we're going to go after, out of the 2K League. I forgot to bring this up. But with, um, I believe it was last night facing against Philly Fusion, or might have been the night before, Shanghai has tied the 76ers for the most concurrent losses in any sports team history. So if 28. They lose, <laughs> if they lose one more game. Oh, you 20, know they're going to. 29 losses in a row they'll be the most losing sports team of all time like concurrently like like not total losses but like the most concurrent losses and this is not even going for a year yet and we're already setting <laughs> sports records yeah i mean it's not the sports record you want to set but i mean publicity's publicity right but i mean <laughs> like that just shows like unfortunately that shows how bad shanghai is like i'm i mean i i don't want this to be like the shanghai bashing hour or anything but like 28 losses in a row they're going on 30 they play um new york xl and then london fire like they're going that, that, that is yeah. like 
an insane amount of losses. Like, what what is the team above them? Like, the the, the team above them uh, in the standings? The mayhem. It's mayhem, yeah. And mayhem but, gets wins. Like mayhem, like might not win a lot. They they get wins sometimes though. Yeah, it's not unheard of for the mayhem to win, right? Like you're not like holy fuck, yeah, right? Like, it, it it is an upset. Don't get me wrong, it is an upset normally if mayhem gets a win, but it's nothing like like they're not Shanghai gets a win. Like, they're six Shanghai. and twenty-two. The next worst team has six wins. There's two teams tied for that record. Like that is insane. How bad yeah. Shanghai is. Like this is. This is actually a really big deal, I think. And I think people should be looking into this team and looking into the management and, like, looking into players and see where are they going wrong. Is it the players who don't play really well? Is it that the management is just not playing up their, like, potential? Is it just maybe, like, a regional thing? Because I know they're all Chinese players except Gaguri. Gaguri is the only Korean player. On... Wait, is Gaguri Korean? She, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gaguri is Korean. Great. She's done great. And she's, she's, she's been great. So is it, is it a regional issue? Is, like, is China just, like, falling behind Overwatch with everyone else? Like... I should say, because they, they, China does well in other esports. Like, like for them to do well, like, I mean, like, e, like the teams they put out for League of Legends, like EDG and RNG and stuff like that, like, they do well. So well, I don't RNG like, did really well last year. Yeah, yeah. well, RNG won, won, uh, won the region this year. Yeah. Total side note, Uzi got his first win. Really big deal. Um, he's been grinding for ages, but I mean that like that shows that it's not a cultural thing or it's not a regional thing because they do perform in other esports. So I don't, I don't know what 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 really what hinders them when it comes to Overwatch. You know what I mean? Now, actually, I have I have something interesting that I was just kind of bouncing around in my head and thinking about all of the esports that I can think of that China does really well because I know gaming in China is kind of strange um like obviously they play all the same games we do but like the the culture behind gaming is a little bit different so the games are really good at if you think about it they're good at dota yeah good at league yeah right? um starcraft eh, there's some okay chinese players but there's not a really big china scene there what do all these what do these games have in common free to play games what is overwatch not overwatch is not a free to play game you you think that's the big no. thing? No, no, I think no. Here, here, here's here. Listen, listen. Oh, just hear me out. Just hear get, me out, right? Get the tinfoil hats on, boys. I'm, here I'm we get go. Get it on, right? <laughs> so here's the thing. I think similar to like StarCraft. So StarCraft, um, Koreans were so good at StarCraft is because it was such a big cultural phenomenon. The reason why is because it was really big in PC bongs, right? It was a yeah. huge game in PC bongs, and like even though you need to buy the game, all the kids after school would go to these PC bongs. They would you know pay by the hour and they would get access to all these games for free basically and they play with their friends and stuff and a lot of these kids like grew up on starcraft and they got really good and they entered into the teams and then they had a really big infrastructure because it was such a cultural phenomenon now in china i don't think they have things like pc bongs now i i mean obviously i'm just like completely speculating and i would need to like ask someone from china about all this but like i think in china like the really big games like dota and all that are the free-to-play games because they said it they like they said at home typically like we do um in america where all our pc gaming is done at home they sit at home and a lot of kids there are probably a lot more into the free-to-play games um because i know like the way licensing and all that works in china is different and weird and so i think the free-to-play games are just a lot more popular and because they're a lot more popular that's when you have the players who really take those games and they run with them as opposed to the paid games that aren't as big over there like maybe overwatch
That's the tinfoil hat, and I'm, I'm sticking to it because there's, <laughs> there's no reason why Shanghai should be this bad. Uh, like, and see, this is just it, too. Like, I don't, like, so why is, okay, so if, if we are going to do that, if we are going to, like, put on the tinfoil hats and say it's based around fleet to play games, why is Warcraft so popular over there? It's not competitive, but it's still, it's not only, it's not only do you have to pay for the game, but it's also subscription-based. You know what I mean? In Warcraft in China is really big, and this isn't just to play on the Chinese gold farmer meme. Like that, I'm not touching that at all. I'm saying like Warcraft is huge over there, but it's 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 the completely other end of the spectrum. It's not just a one-time payment; it's a subscription payment. So okay, so let's take both of our theories and run a little bit further. Maybe it's not the free-to-play aspect. Maybe uh, shooters aren't really popular there. That could be it. That honestly could be it. Because again, have, China we... has their own Call of Duty game, Call of Duty World Online, because it was so popular over there, and they wanted something bigger. I don't know, boys. I don't <laughs> like. Know. I, mean, I, I think like... this theory can go on for ages. We are 15 minutes over the hour mark already. I say we wrap up and save the theories for the post show. For, so for anyone that listening on podcast, you got to be here and really be for part of the Twitch chat if you want to hear all the dank theories that Dylan. And James have for us about China and the esports. So, is there any small comments you want to wrap up that is now related to an hour-long theory? Uh, no, I got nothing. <laughs> oh, he's, he's typing with the No, I'm good. I don't have any. China, China and the esports. <laughs> so we are gonna wrap it up with that. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of the Project Esports Podcast. Uh, guys, don't forget to subscribe or follow on any of our uh, platforms, primarily Twitch, because that's the one I have to talk about. Um, but if you guys share a link, anything like that, it's super appreciated, guys. And we go live now on Twitch every Monday at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Also, 4... No, wait, is it 4 p.m. Uh, Western Time? Yeah. PST? PST, yeah, there you go. 4.30 PST. <laughs> 7.30 EST, we go live on Twitch every Monday, so tune in and watch us there. And then on all the different platforms, uh, such as YouTube, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all that, we come out on Tuesdays. And also, don't forget to stay tuned on Thursdays when we have our extra special show, which hopefully one of the boys sitting with me is going to have something out on then. What are you talking about? I did last, I did this week. Come on, we'll man. Figure something out. It'll be yet to announce what this week's content is. <laughs> All right, guys. Okay, I'm uh, I'm James. I'm Dylan. And I'm Manju. Thank you for tuning into the Project Esports podcast.